when the Lord shows up, when the Holy Spirit shows up. Come on, isn't it awesome to be in his presence? I, I think it's more awesome than that. That, that sounds like a golf applause. I'm going to just be honest with you. Can I give you his word? I know you've been standing a long time. So I'm going to ask you to remain standing for the reading of God's word. And I promise it will just be another minute. But can I give you the text before I give you the title today? Is that all right? I'm going to give you the title and the title is going to be much, much, much later. But listen, we're starting what I thought early this week was going to be just a one-off message. But the more that I got involved in it, God placed something in my spirit that I just feel like this is going to be a series that we're going to be in. And I've always wanted to do a study on the touches of Jesus. Like when Jesus, Matt, reaches out his hand and he touches someone. And as a result of Jesus reaching out his hand, there is this miraculous event that takes place and we always celebrate that miraculous event but when you analyze that miracle at the most at the most foundational level you find out that many times it's more than just a miracle but the recipient of that miracle also discovers their identity in Christ they not only receive a miracle from God but they also receive the word as to who they are in life. How many of you know sometimes we struggle with identity? Can I get some help today? In fact, in our faith journey, one of the things that is most difficult for us is not knowing who Jesus is. Because listen, we know who Jesus is even if we haven't grown up in church. We've heard enough about him that we know he's good. We know that he's a forgiving God. We know that he saves us. We know that he redeems us. We know that he rescues us. We know that he delivers us. We can list all of the attributes of Jesus. But the problem with our faith journey many times is we don't know who we are in Jesus after Jesus empowers us. So can I, can I read something to you? Can I do that? I'm going to read to you today. I don't normally use the King James Version. Some of y'all are like, well, we need to be using the King James Version. Well, we very rarely use it, so I I'm going to use it today. And I'm going to read just a few verses to you, and then I'm going to let you be seated. But, but let me just read a couple of verses. I want to begin at verse 21. It says this. It says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at the feet of Jesus, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, and I, I pray thee, come, and lay thy hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Verse 24, Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged about him, meaning that people were bumping into Jesus. It was, a, it was a crowded place. Verse 25, Mark's gospel introduces to us one of the main characters in the narrative. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Hold on a second. And a certain woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. We don't get the woman's name in Mark's gospel. We get her situation. Just because she's nameless does not mean that she's not important. 
But in Mark's narrative, he tends to build the narrative around this woman's issue. He's telling us that she has an issue of blood. In other words, her name was not important, but her issue was. Her name was not important, Richie, but her condition was. I don't know about you, but I hate it when someone will define a person by an event that happened in their lives years ago and they never seem to change the name of that person. I, I need some help today preaching because I hate it when someone else tries to define who you are when only God has the authority and the ability to do so. You see, I don't understand it when we allow someone else to place a word over us and that word causes us harm when the Bible says that God doesn't have a plan that will harm us but a plan that will prosper us and a plan that will give us a hope and a future. I don't know why we allow someone else to write the storyline of our lives when only God says he is the author and perfecter of the storyline. Y'all gonna have me preaching today. I'm going to read one more verse, and then I'm going to let you be seated. In fact, I'm going to let you be seated now. Somebody say touched. touched. Here's the one more verse. It's verse 26. This is the verse. It says, and so she had an issue of blood, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather she grew worse. Verse 26, here is this woman, woman who is trying to live her life, but yet the life that she's living is not the life that she wanted to live. Here is this woman who finds herself in a place that she never dreamed that she would be in. Here is this woman that all she wants to do is just live the life that she feels like she's worthy of living, but yet she's not living that life because that life seems to be, Marguerite, canceled out. It's canceled out because where she's at is not where she thought she would be and there's nothing she can do. Her condition of cancellation in her life had nothing to do with her. Nothing that she had done. This was a situation beyond her control. People are canceling her. Doctors are calling doctors, saying, hey, can I, can I refer this woman to you because I can't do anything for her. My expertise will not allow me to. Her friends saying, hey, have y'all heard about woman? Woman's posted on the, on the gate of the village because she's unclean. You see, in that village or in that culture of that day, you would be established as unclean and you weren't allowed to go in crowds if you had this type of an ailment. So you can imagine, you can imagine, her social media had to be depressing. Her friends diagnosing her life not based upon her health, Warren, but based upon her brokenness. Have y'all heard about woman? She's been rejected. So her life has been canceled. And the cancellation in her life has nothing to do with her and even Mark's gospel doesn't give us her name instead Mark gives us her issue he identifies her by her issue the woman with an issue of blood can I talk about this cancel culture for just a minute 
because I know it has to be driving you nuts just like it. We tend to cancel things today that were good yesterday, but not today. But if we're honest with ourselves, no one can cancel something except the creator of that something. You'll get that when you go home today. This woman, all she wanted to do was to exist and to be better, but yet she's being canceled. In fact, one gospel, one gospel says that she had spent a great deal of money or all of her money in order to become whole. Meaning that she had had a bunch of money at one time and people thought that she was wealthy and that's how they identified her, that she's a wealthy woman, but now she's broke and they no longer remember her wealth, but now all they do is remember how broke she is. They once identified her and wanted to hang out with her, but now they shun her. Aren't people fickle? It was the same way in Jesus' day. Jesus rolled up. He comes strolling into Jerusalem on, on Palm Sunday. They laid out the palms. Here's Jesus rolling in, and they're like, Jesus, he's the Messiah. Hosanna in the highest. He's our king. That's on Sunday. Five days later on Friday, the same voices are shouting out, crucify him. People are fickle. They flip. What's good today may not be tomorrow, but verse 26 says she suffered a great deal under the care of many. All she wanted to do was be well. All she wanted was someone that would help her, but yet all she found in that pharisaical culture were people who would label her, including the gospel writer who hung out with Jesus. He said she's a woman with an issue of blood. The issue of blood seemed to be greater than her name. That seemed to be her identity. People were good at labeling people in that day and age. How many of you know we're good today at labeling people? So that day, they labeled her. What did they label her? They labeled her sick. Somebody say sick. They labeled her messed up. Somebody say messed up. I'm not going to spell all these words out. It would take me a while to write down all the labels that we use. Mm. They labeled her as broke. Somebody say broke. They labeled her as broken. Mm. They may have even labeled her Well, it would help if you used the right side, the sticky side. They may have even labeled her as not good enough. They may have labeled her as, I'm trying to hit on some things that maybe you've struggled with. Maybe they labeled her, Richie, can I get some help? Come up here, Richie. Come on, Richie. Somebody give it up for Richie. 
Richie, I, I, I just want you to just keep going around the, around the table, okay? They may have labeled her as, um, let's see, what could, they labeled her as an addict. They, 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 oh, unworthy, thinks on the front row. They, 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 they labeled her as, as, as uh, and, and you can put a third one on if you want. You don't have to just stop at two. <laughs> they, they labeled her as divorced. Oh. They, they, they labeled her as, as angry. They, they labeled her as bipolar. Forgotten. Oh my gosh, man, it's just getting better and better. Keep, keep going. They, they labeled her as short. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I love Richie. There you go. I meant to hand that to you, Richie. I don't know. Um, they labeled, th listen, some, sometimes we, we, Listen, sometimes we don't just label people by the events of their lives in our culture today. Sometimes we label people by what they wear. Sometimes we have to have the right label. Gucci. I'm not even sure how to spell Gucci, dude. I'm just being honest with you. It looks more like Ucky. There you go. Uh, Yeezys. Got to have them Yeezys now. I don't know who would spend that much for shoes, but I'm just saying. Uh, um, Louis Vuitton, Nike, woo, champion. <laughs> we can't all be champions, y'all. Yeah, the, the, the labels, the labels, the labels, the labels. Okay, but there's even more. Sometimes we label ourselves by our differences. It's really popular today. It's called red state, blue state. It's called Republican, Democrat. It's called, oh, he's white. Oh, she's black. Oh, they're Asian. I guess what I'm saying is so often we are so focused on what makes us different that we forget that God and his creative design made us that way in hopes that we would come together and worship the one true God. labels and the labels that we use today we rush to judgment with our labels oh had he not been doing what he was doing when he was doing it then it wouldn't have happened to him what had happened to him I don't need to fill in the blanks you know what I'm talking about and our labels are just there there's a lack of compassion rather than grace thanks Richard and to be perfectly honest with you, some of us, some of you, 
are living a lesser existence than God wants you to live because you are living according to a label that someone placed on you. Why is it that a person could have had an event in their lives at one point in time and we still identify them by that event? Why is it that let me, let me say it this way. Why is it that because someone doesn't think like you, then there's something wrong with them? Why is it that sometimes we, we lose focus that God's word has no expiration date over our lives, but yet we devalue God's word because of a word of a man, and we put the word of a man on us and over us, and then we assume that it has no expiration date when only God's word is that way? God's word, Richie, you put too many on one. That's why I won't hang up there. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, God's word is an infallible word. God's word has the ability to write the story of your life, but yet we give minimal we give minimal value to God's word because somebody else placed the word upon us. God says you're redeemed. God says that you have victory. God says that you are healed. God's word says you are saved. God's word says you are delivered. God's word says that you are more than enough. God's word says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. God's word says all of these things, but yet we hold on to anger, bitterness, resentment, broke, bipolar, not good enough, unworthy, divorce. We hold on to those words. It says that she suffered a great deal under the care of many because many on the 12-year journey were labeling her. We know that they were because that's the way that culture operated. Why is it, and it says, hold on, it says, and she grew worse. Why is it that we grow worse? Do we grow worse in our situation because we fuel the label? Do we grow worse in our situation because of the confinement of the label? We thought that we would grow better in our emotions, but our emotions are worse. We thought that, that, that our marriage would have turned the corner and our marriage would be great, but our marriage seems to be worse than we thought it would be at this place. And so I guess it's going to always be that way. I guess it's going to always be broke. I thought my job would be better when the new boss came, but the new boss only made it worse. And pretty soon the table that was designed to do a certain thing is no longer doing what it was designed to do because now it's become a prop for the labels that others have placed upon it. I'm going to get some help here. I got to choose somebody different next time. The truth is, Richie's a part of this sermon. He didn't even realize it. The labels. She said that she grew worse under the care of many. Why is it that we let what God placed on the inside of us give way to what man has placed on the outside of us? Then verse 27 says this. Let me read it. Somebody say verse 27. 
Verse 27 says, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. When she heard. That's a statement. When she heard. When she heard. The only thing that breaks the confinement of the label in your life is when you choose to, to, to chase after the God of freedom. The only thing, let me say that again, that, that breaks the confinement of the label in your life is when you begin to chase after the God of freedom. It says she had heard about Jesus. There was the construct of the narrative that she had heard. She had heard about this Jesus. She heard that he would open blinded eyes. She heard he would set the captive free. <laughs> she had heard about the Samaritan woman who was at the well at a time of day that no one else would be there because she was so broken in her life because everybody else had labeled her because she had been divorced five times. She shacked up with somebody else. So you know the terminology that they'd be calling her ho and all the other stuff that we don't want to talk about in church. She's a skank. She's messed up. She's all of that. Some of y'all are like, oh, I thought this place was going to be holy. <laughs> well, y'all just polish your halo. We'll get back to it in a minute. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. That's what's going on in that story. That's why she's at the well when she's at the well. And what does Jesus do? He has a conversation with her, and he sets her free. And as a result of being set free, she ran back to her village, and the whole village got saved. She heard, she had heard about him. She had heard about this Jesus. She heard he could walk on water. She heard he could touch the blind man and he could see. She heard he touched a leper. You didn't touch a leper in that day. You didn't get within 50 feet of a leper because they were unclean and you might become unclean. In fact, in that day, if the unclean touched the clean, then the clean became unclean. But in Jesus' case, when the clean touched the unclean, the unclean became clean. Good Lord have mercy, y'all. Y'all don't want to hear this. She had heard, she had heard Jesus chose 12 misfit disciples and he ripped the labels off of the disciples and said, you're going to change the world. She had heard. And as a result of hearing all of this about Jesus, her faith was compelled to act. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. Verse 28 says, for she said, if I may just touch but his clothes. If I just touch his clothes, then, then, then if I just touch him, I'll be healed. All of these people had been pointing fingers at her for 12 years. 12 years. But she said, if I can just touch... All of these people had been pointing fingers at her, but all she's doing now in this crowd is not worrying about all of the finger pointing, but yet she's holding out a hand in hopes that she can just touch the hem of his garment. Hold on a second. There's a big difference between this and this. There's a, I'm, thank you, I will. There's a big difference between this and this. One is judgment. The other is surrender. One is I want to point out what's wrong in your life because I don't want to look at what's wrong in mine. One is I want to talk about what you believe politically because I really don't want to talk about what I believe politically. 
One is I want to talk about where you're broken in your life so that I can ignore where I'm broken in my life. One points out the differences. The other begins to focus on the common bond that we're all God's created vessel. So while others have been pointing fingers, all she's doing is holding out a hand of surrender. See, let me ask you this. She's chasing after Jesus. She's not even supposed to be there. In that culture, unclean, she can't be there. Woman can't be there. But she is. She's chasing after Jesus. What is it that you are chasing after in hopes that you'll get better, but you're only worse? Because sometimes we chase after things hoping that they'll make us feel better, but they don't. Like, like maybe someone labeled you as overweight and you feel like you need to go on a diet and you've gone on the diet and the outer shell looks better but the inner spirit's still hanging on to all of this stuff. Good Lord. What is it that you're chasing after that in the chase you think and you want it to make you feel better but it's not making you feel better. It, it, she, in one, one translation says that she thought if she could just touch, she thought, Mark saying she thought if she could just touch the hem of his garment. Listen, her thoughts are not centered around everybody pointing fingers at her. Her thoughts are centered around what Jesus can do for her. Oh, there's a difference here. She thought. What I'm trying to say to you is that you can go on a diet and your outer shell looks good, but you can still have some crappy thoughts. What I really need you to hear is, 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 is some of you, let me just be honest. Can, can I get on my soapbox for just a second? Some of you are busy trying to make your social media look 100 when your heart feels like zero. Why is it that we do that? Because labels. Huh. And we grow worse because rather than touching the heart of God, the label of man has become more important to us. And she grew worse. Why is it? Well, let me just say this way. He says to her, he says, or Mark basically says that she thought, he's giving us a glimpse of her thought process. The thought process is not centered around what doctors have said to her. It's not centered around what others have said about her. Before I even go there, let me just say this. Sometimes we're trying to get better. And in getting better, we end up getting worse. Sometimes we're hoping for peace, but we never get to peace. It says that she suffered a, a great deal and she thought that if she just touched him, she could be healed. Why is it that we're not healed? Why is it that we don't experience restoration? Why is it that we don't experience hope? Or why is it that we don't experience peace? Let me just be honest with you. One of the reasons why we don't experience peace, let's just talk about peace, is because we've, we've defined peace the wrong way. Peace is not the absence of a problem. No. And an easy pathway to Jesus. This woman didn't have an easy pathway to Jesus. She's in a place she's not even supposed to be in, and it's crowded. And had she really thought, this is, if this is going to be God when I get there, it's just going to be him and I. 
No. Peace is not the absence of a problem. That's not what peace is. Peace is when God sends you back to a job that is full of chaos, but yet you're all chill on the inside because you know God is in control. Can I tell you something? Peace is not the absence of a problem. Peace is the assurance that when you walk into a crowd of labelers, that God is with you and that he is for you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. If I just touch him, She thought if she, he's giving us a glimpse of her thoughts. Her thoughts are, if I, if I just, just touch him. She's not thinking I'm broke because all the doctors just couldn't do anything for me but take my money. She's not thinking how lonely she is because no one seems to help her. So many times we miss that Jesus is standing right beside of us because we're more focused on them than we are him. The only way that you transition into a new season, I need someone to hear this. The only way that you transition into a new season is to stop pointing fingers at what did not go right in your life. We've got to stop allowing all of the labels to take up free rent space in our, in our heads when there is a God who wants to set you free from all of the labels that others have placed upon you. And for some of you, the label that's been placed upon you is by the person that's closest to you. And to be honest with you, let me go one step further. Sometimes we use the word will you, or the phrase, will you forgive me way too much. Some of you are like, no, that's, that can't, you, you can never use that too much. Oh, yeah, you can, especially when you don't mean it. Because sometimes people just set out to hurt others, and then they say, well, will you forgive me? Well, you know what that's like? That's like running them over and backing up and saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, I'll be here all week. Let me, let me continue to read because I know we got to get out of here. And I'm closing down, I promise. Verses 29 and 30, it says this. It says, watch, watch what happens, watch what happens. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, it turned him about in the press. And he said, who touched my clothes? Verse 31, his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude of people thronging about thee, and you've asked a silly question like, Who touched me? Do you see all of these people? How do we know who bumped into you? Can you hear Peter? Peter's like, What's he asking this question for? Thomas is like, Man, I doubt he understands. There's just so many people around us. Do you see? Well, let me tell you, Jesus, she bumped into you, and he bumped into you, and he bumped into you, and they bumped into you, and I bumped into you, too. I hip-checked you, and I'm so sorry that I did that. It's just so many people here. So much happening here. But what Jesus was saying was, hold on a second, I'm not asking who bumped into me because something happened. Virtue left my body, and when virtue left my body, I realized that somebody who had been struggling with the label has now had that label ripped off, and I need to know who it is that just had the label ripped off. 
it's more than it. I don't know who this is for. It is so, 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 so much more than just bumping into Jesus. Guys, a lot of us, we come to church every week, every Sunday wanting to bump into Jesus, but there's a difference between bumping into Jesus and chasing after Jesus. Verses 32 through 34, I am closing with this, I promise. You know, closing absolutely means nothing to a preacher. Verse 32 and... It was Richie's fault. Verse 32 says, And he looked around and to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Hold on a second. Why would Jesus do this? Well, what you need to understand is that publicly this woman had been ridiculed for 12 years and there was no way that Jesus was going to allow her to leave knowing that no one knew that she had just been healed because he's ripping the label off so that people will know now. Hold on a second. When you have been impacted by Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Behold, I am a new creation. So publicly she had been ridiculed for 12 years. Now publicly he is restoring her. So he wants everybody who's in this crowd because she's not even supposed to be there. They've been talking about, have you heard about woman? He wants them to leave and say, have you heard about woman? Did you hear what Jesus did for her? But he does something more. The Bible says that when she touched him, he made her whole. Every story where Jesus touches someone in the Bible, when he touches them, they are healed. But in this case, she touched him and she's made whole. Uh, you're not getting it. Everywhere he touched them, they received their miracle. But when she chased after him, he fixed everything. Do I have any God chasers in the house? Because if you're willing to chase after God, he'll not only heal you in your body, he'll fix everything. He'll fix your relationships. He'll fix your emotions. He'll fix your finances. He'll fix your 